Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff and on the other side of the line we have... I'm Brett, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm alright mate, how are you? Yes, all good here. Um, for about three weeks you've been itching to tell a story about your Elvis rubber doll lifelike head. Well that sounds a bit weird, Elvis rubber doll. It's a, it Basically it's an Elvis robot is what it is. Do you know that... Uh, that- that Japanese man who made the robot of himself. It looks very similar to that. Don't you know what? You know what I mean? That one. It looks well. I'll I'll put a, a, a photo of it on anyway. So the the story basically goes like this. I was I was just getting ready for work and I was uh, I was sitting in the bedroom. It was just before Christmas and I was thinking, what can I sell? Because that's how my mind works, right? Because it would be nice to have a little bit of money just before Christmas. So I was looking around the room and I noticed, oh, my Elvis robotic head, right? So I'll, I'll try and sell that because uh, it's actually worth money. I mean, it sounds insane, but it, it is actually worth a little bit well, of money. I have seen the Elvis head. I think the last time I was at your house, you brought mm-hmm. it out into the garden. <laughs> to <play> it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it could be garden thing, furniture. People probably want to know that the reason you can sell such stuff is that you buy ridiculous things like that. Yes. I I don't know anybody else who who would buy that. Well, actually, this was a Christmas present, you see, from your parents, because they know that I'm a right right weirdo. (laughs) But you you are right, because I do buy crazy things. But uh, So anyway, I found out that this thing's worth quite a bit of money. Um, So what I thought was, I've got 10 minutes to go. There's something on facebook called the marketplace where you can you can sell things to to people in the local area so what i've done is i've stuck it on problem being i can comb his hair right he helps us so he looks looks, real hair he's got real hair he's a proper robot you know i mean you know it's not 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 from skynet or anything he's got real hair my phone just starts going crazy absolutely crazy nuts right with people messaging because I put on that Elvis, obviously, and people are like, that's not Elvis, that's Edward Scissorhands, right? So people were thinking this this Elvis robot was, was basically Elvis, uh, not Elvis Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be good film. Good film, that. <laughs> <laughs> the messages are getting, you know, progressively worse. 
from Edward Scissorhands to Elvis is a paedophile and all this, what you put what? this on. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I, I, I failed to mention about some other 50s rock stars that I could <laughs> well, slightly yeah. worse than Elvis. But uh, yeah, so they, they got really bad. I think it was about 200 messages or something I'd received. So I, I basically, I decided that's it. I'm, I'll take it off, right? I've had enough of this. I'll keep Elvis's head. There was a lot of interest, and the interest wasn't good. It was, it was abuse. That's basically what it was. So I decided to take it off. Um, and, and obviously, I thought, you know, that would be the end of it. After Christmas, I think it was Boxing Day. There was a knock at the door, and uh, the wife goes to get the door because probably I'm in bed aren't I Cliff as, as oh, ever yeah yeah uh, yep. so uh, she shouts oh Brett there's someone at the door for you she walks past us up the stairs and she's laughing right she's in hysterics and there's this figure at the door right he's got he's, he's dressed in double denim but he's got like his back to us must be looking at his car and uh, I says uh, yes mate uh, can I help you and he says I've come for the king's herd right <laughs> <laughs> and he turns around, and I, I clock him, right? And he's got the boards, the quiff. He's he's dressed up as Elvis, this fella, right? So, uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm in shock, you know what I mean? I, I says, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, mate. Uh, I, I had to take that off. Do you know what I mean? It's not for sale. He it's says, off the marketplace. <laughs> it's off the marketplace, not for sale. Like Elvis said. He says, eh. Uh, Look, man, I've, I've come a long way. I've got the cash, <laughs> right? So I'm thinking this this is just a wind up. This, do you know what I mean? This is this is nuts. So I didn't know what to say anyway. But I mean, he has cash, so I, I invite him in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. So I, I I say, well, well, you might as well come in then. So I just I didn't know what to say to him. He's sitting on the set A and that with his his denim on and stuff like that. So that's like the the stupidest question I could put. I say, uh, so do you like Elvis then? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he says yes, and that stupid Elvis voice in there. So anyway, we the wife gets the Elvis head down and like we we'll put it on and get it working and stuff like that. <laughs> what does it do? What like can you just explain what it is? Uh, well, nobody, nobody will know from your description of robot Elvis head with real right. hair what it is. Right, it, it's it's a it's a karaoke machine is what it is, but it's it's a robotic bust of Elvis. So you've got this sort of microphone, and you can skip through various Elvis songs that you want them to sing, right? So you you can choose a song, you know, Heartbreak Hotel or whatever, and then he'll he'll sing that particular song. And you can you can sing along with the microphone. That's basically. And he sings what it. in an Elvis voice. Huh? He sings it in an Elvis voice. Who's yeah? The, the Elvis robotic head. He's not going to yeah. still make bloody Cliff Richards' voice, is he? Why? Why would he? Of course, he sings it in Elvis's voice. <laughs> what a question! <laughs> you right. So right. <laughs> would he have, do you have to brush his hair every day? I haven't touched his hair. Well, not until uh, not until I, I got all these messages saying it looked like Edward Scissorhands. So I corrected that mistake, and what I did, I did his hair a little bit, and that made him well, did, look did a little. Did you put any gel on it? I didn't know. I I, I was frightened he might blow up. <laughs> also, he's sixty-eight comeback special, Elvis, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's got the leathers in there. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but just on the shoulder because, like I say, it's just the, it's just the, it's just the bus. How did this fella see? Uh, you took it off the marketplace. Well, there you go. You see, that's 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 what I'm, that's what intrigued us. Um, so he, he he sees the Elvis thing working and that he loves it. He's saying saying things like you know hot damn and stuff like that while it's on, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he loves it. He's he's gonna pay us, right? So he, he gives us. Well, how much? How much? Four hundred quid. What the fuck? Honestly, it's, <laughs> honestly, it's on eBay for four hundred quid. This Elvis head, because it's it was it there was only a certain amount of them made. It's and obviously you know Elvis fans are nuts, aren't they? Well, especially this one. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he gives us the money and it's like I, I show up at the door and I, I say, um, by the way, I, I, how how did you know where I live? Because I took it off. Do you know what I mean? I took it off the marketplace. He says, I was here a few weeks ago. And I went, here a few weeks ago? Yeah, I bought something off you then. What did you buy? He says, buckaroo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's really dressed as a fucking horse at that point. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't dressed as Elvis. He, he must have just been a normal person when he came for buckaroo. So he walks off to his car. Uh, guess what type of car he had, Cliff? Cadillac. Cadillac? It's a good guess, now. He had a Nissan Micra. So anyway, he puts, like, the Elvis bus, the Elvis robot head into the... Did he go in the front seat? No, no, he put it in the back, and then he, he got... He sat in the front, he just sat there for, like, you know, a minute. I, I thought it was a bit weird. He's just, like, staring forward, and I could see him muttering something to himself because <laughs> the car's just outside the door. And it was unmistakable what he, what he said. Thank you very much. And then he just drove off. And that's that. Because it, it did. I remember seeing it on Twitter over Christmas, seeing loads of people retweeting it, saying, Have you seen the state of this? Somebody selling I... this is meant to be Elvis and all of that. And I was thinking, I, for, I didn't ask you at the time, but I remember thinking, Brett's Breath, got one of them. And he's always <laughs> selling stuff. <laughs> I'm always selling stuff. He always, he's always selling stuff. And he's got one. So I bet that's his. And I just, I never got around to asking you about it. So if that Elvis impersonator because he obviously wasn't Elvis if, if he's out there hopefully he'll like message the, sh- the show and that and let we know who he is and why on earth he, he came to my house dressed as Elvis to buy the bus what happened to me this morning was I started watching Twins of Evil which is you asked me to watch last week to be honest I don't know if there's that much to say about it I, it was alright I enjoyed it you enjoyed but, it, well, that's good. But I don't think I enjoyed it any more, any less than any other Hammer film. Uh-huh. How, many Hammer, how many Hammer films have you seen, though, would you say? I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like I've probably watched bits and pieces of lots of them late at night after being in the pub and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever really sat down and thought, I'll put this one on and yeah. watch it start to finish. Uh-huh. This is probably the first time I've done that, to be honest. Um, yeah. So why did why did you want us to watch it? Well, like I've mentioned before, once or twice, I, I love these particular films um, for lots of different reasons. And this one is it stands out for me because I I think there's there's an underlying story there that they don't basically tell you everything. A lot of things that that happen throughout the film um, are, are just talked about. Um, okay. Peter Cushion in this particular. Film is, I mean, he's one of my favourite actors anyway, but he's absolutely fantastic. He's absolutely mm. menacing. Mm. He's 
absolutely amazing. And I love his yeah. performance. Um, and there's there's a reason, maybe why he, he he got so emotional about the part and stuff like that. I don't know whether you know about this, Cliff, but uh, this was the first film that he was in, um, because his wife his wife died unfortunately. He was, he's kind of devoted to his wife. Um, okay. This was the first film that he was in after that. Um, so whether okay. he sort of you know you know more emotional because of that but i just think he's menacing and there's a lot presumably of she wasn't burned at the stick <laughs> well let's hope not let's <laughs> certainly hope not so i mean there's a lot of things to like about this particular uh, film one of the, yeah. the strange things as well is that the story the actual story that it's based on um is based on a story by somebody called um sheridan le Fanu, um called camilla have you ever heard of that um, it's a lovely name. It is a lovely name. Um, the, the strange thing about it is um, that it was actually written 26 years before Dracula was. Okay. So this this predates the story. Um, predates sort of okay. Dracula. I mean, th- this film is is loosely based on that particular um, story that he wrote. It's actually um, the third um, film in a trilogy. Um, based on that particular book. All right. it's, it's just strange to me that, you know, I've never particularly heard about, you know, the book Camilla before. Yeah, everybody's heard of Dracula, haven't they? It makes me want to read the book, to be honest, if that's, yeah. you know, if it came out before Dracula. I've read Dracula, it's a great, great uh-huh. book. Um, but, yeah, that makes me want to check that out. I, I didn't realise that. I thought yeah. I agree with you, Peter Cushing's performance was brilliant. What? But he's the—he's really the only good actor in it, isn't he? <laughs> like, oh, well, no. the two twins are pretty good, I, I think. No, they're Don't not. Don't you like the two they, twins? They are terrible. No, they are not. That's sacrilege. <laughs> That—that's absolutely awful. You'd be burned at the stake, you, for saying things like that. <laughs> they're That's awful. It. They're not. I think they're actually quite good. I mean, you've got to remember that it's, this is the first film they were ever in. Um, they're from Malta, these two particular twins. Um, they're called yep. the Collinson twins. Um, yep. And uh, they were dubbed throughout the film. And there's one thing that Hammer are good at. It's dubbing. It's dubbing people. I they're didn't realise that. <laughs> did you not? Well, they're not <laughs> very good. Notoriously, Hammer aren't very good at, at bats. Um, <laughs> obviously, they do a lot of vampire Problematic. <laughs> it is problematic. And the bats are absolutely terrible. If, if ever... You see a bat and a hammer film, you, you can sell it's fake. It's it's absolutely awful. Um, but what okay. they all got out, like I say, it's is dubbing um, because you wouldn't have known that that those two twins were dubbed. Um, like I say, the first film were in. I thought they did a pretty good job. To be perfectly honest with you. Oh come on, Cliff. I can be on them more than anything else. But a part of the story, though. I mean, obviously a massive part of the story. Should we should we talk a little bit about the story? Yeah, okay, so my understanding of it is these two twins, um, the parents have died, but you don't really find out how. If you do, I missed that. They yep. get, um, they end up moving to a small village in under the care of their uncle, Gustav Weil, who is Peter Cushing, and his wife, who seems like a lovely lady. Yep. Um, the twins come and they're, they're wearing green, which apparently is like a big no-no. Because they're moving to live with, well, basically Peter Cushing's character is the the head witch finder, and right, he's yes. a, a religious man, and um, 
he's like doesn't want them to be wearing anything colourful, even if it's just like a dark green, because he he thinks they should still be mourning the death of her parents. Uh-huh. So you already get the sense that these these two are a little bit different. Um, yes, sir. by the fact that they're, they're a bit more glamorous, they're, they're wearing clothes that are a bit more fancy and clearly yeah. a bit more racy. Um, yeah. I, did you read or have you read the IMDb description of both of the Collinson sisters? Yeah, it's, it's the same. It's the same, it's for same. Both, other, other than the name. Oh, that's wrong. A, <laughs> I don't. I don't even think you should be able to write this. Um, strikingly busty, adorable, and voluptuous brunette knockout, Madeline Collinson was born on July 22, 1952 in Malta. She's the identical twin of her sister. Anyway, it goes on. But strikingly busty, adorable, and voluptuous. Like, like you wouldn't put that for, like, if an actress... An actress out now, you wouldn't like write that on her. No, no, it wouldn't be acceptable, would it? I mean, you you couldn't talk about you know actress like that now. Certainly not. Um, I I don't think the one many films these these uh, actresses, these two actresses. um, No, that's I think that's a sign of the times, and it depends who's writing that particular review, isn't it? It's obviously some kind of of hammer fan or whatever. Yeah, I I suppose so. So anyway, these these two rock up, and uh, one of them seemingly is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more rebellious, rebellious than the other one. Yeah. Um, one of them is like, oh, you know, it looks like we're going to be in for a tough time, and Frida, yeah, says, yeah, well, you might be, but I'm going to do what I like. Pretty um, much, yeah. I mean, we, we, we should see. Yeah, the, the the start of the film, it it basically starts off with a burning, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and Peter yeah. Cushing, yeah. With Peter Cushion, basically, he's he's basically in a posse of these uh, puritanical, um, you know, God-loving sort of or God-fearing, more more like it, um, guys yeah. who who are basically going across wherever they live. I think it's in Austria, and anyway, um, trying to basically burn any sort of woman who's it's any sexually young woman, active or yeah, yeah, beautiful. They're basically much like. You know the real witch finders actually did throughout history, just basically trying to find people mm. to burn, um, mm. and that's 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 the way the film starts. And then yeah, it's quite a it's quite a striking start, really, isn't it? It starts with uh-huh. like a woman being burned at the stake and all of these guys around her just uh-huh. cheering and and um, like <laughs> loving it, loving that that's what was happening. Um, and then oh, yeah. it goes to those two coming into the village, mm-hmm. and it you get too. obviously you get the sense that. Or these two uh, are prime material for a burning. A burning. But, yeah. And then it turns out that their uncle is the the head guy. <laughs> There's a few other peripheral characters, and you might think that you might want to tell us why you think some of them are more integral than others. But really, okay. the only other person I care about in the entire film. Oh no, there's two guys. Count Karnstein, who yeah. is probably the greatest man I've ever seen in any film <laughs> yes, of all time. Easy. He is fantastic, isn't he? He's he's very dashing. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's yeah. amazing. Like I've never yeah. seen him before, but I feel like I have seen him. Like he's a he's the perfect leading man for um, yeah. films of this this uh-huh. era and this time. Yeah. And the other fella is is it Dietrich? Is he the guy, the teacher, or is he Can, the henchman? Yeah, the he's, he's, he basically acquires um, women for 
um, Count Karstein, doesn't he? That's what he does. That that's his role. So he'll go down to the village and he'll pay uh, a family to to sort of take the the daughter and and take her to the castle for for various uh, doings. Now m- mainly they those doings seem to be to sort of invoke the devil <laughs> to to basically try and raise the devil. Um, the Karsteins basically are a family of evil. Uh, Lefano sort of book Carmilla is about mm-hmm. the Karstein. She is a Karstein. Um, okay. And she's all she's a vampire. Uh, now, Sorry. what basically happens in the film is the gentleman that you've just mentioned, um, who, who acquires women for him, um, mm-hmm. there's some kind of sacrifice that seems to be going on, but it doesn't seem to be real, and Karstein sort of notices that. You, you get the idea that this type of thing's been happening yeah. quite a long time. Um, yeah, it seems like the, he was bringing women, and it was like some kind of, like a show, like you get for, yeah. you know, like a, a, jest, a court jester or something like that. Like, he wants to be entertained, uh-huh. but his his version of entertainment is seeing a woman sacrifice to try and raise a devil. I presume the women do get killed in this ritual, but the devil never comes until yeah. then, then this one, but basically the, the first one we see in this is he, he's like, oh, I can tell this is bullshit. Give me the knife. And he really does stab her. That's, that's the impression I got that, you know, they've obviously done this previously. It, it's a bit of a show. Um, and they haven't actually killed anybody up until this point. Or certainly he hasn't. And, and that's the thing that sort of, you know, he crosses the line type thing, and that's mm. what eventually does invoke the devil. And what happens? But his devil is his his dead wife, isn't it? It's not his dead wife; it's his dead ancestor. So he's it, it, basically his ancestor um, is revived by the blood of the girl that he killed. Okay. So it, it's okay. one of his ancestors. It's not not his wife or anything like that. Peter Cushing's character Gustav blames the Karsteins for all these things, but he can't touch them. So instead okay. of that, in his pre-Britannical ways, he's got to somehow try and get rid of that particular evil. So he, is he going after the decides, women? He decides to pick on the, you know, the, the voluptuous women and the, the women that are sexually active instead. So he's basically... So he's trying to cut the supply chain. <laughs> I think it's just... It, it's it, Because he cannot go for the man that he wants to go for, he's taking out his frustrations on on the youth of the land. Frida, the twin that's more rebellious, uh-huh. catches a glimpse of him and she says she to does. her twin, you know what I want more than anything in the world is to is to meet Count Karstein. It's it's really he's across the road. It's really possible for him to for her to meet him. That that is that is partially true, <laughs> but uh, Frida is being held somewhat captive by a our uncle Gustav, isn't she? She's been yeah, because he's he, he's right. <laughs> yeah, well, he is in a way. Uh, he's not right in the things that he's doing. He's he's an awful man, isn't he? Just burning women, random women at the stake. I mean, the, there's one particular uh, part where they do actually try and uh, get a certain woman. Can't get her, mm-hmm. so they just go for the next one that they see, basically, yeah. don't they? Yeah, um, it's, it's quite shocking, those bits are, more, much more than I thought it would be. Really, there isn't there isn't a good guy for 80% or 90% of the film that isn't a, there isn't a goodie, because yeah. Gustav Weil is obviously vile, and yes. Count Karstein 
although he's got the lean man hair for sure. I mean, his hair is absolutely magnificent. Um, it is. But he's got the like lean man good looks, and he's got all the fancy clothes and stuff. But, but essentially, he's also acquired women to murder, just like yeah, Peter Cushing's well, character he is. is. He is. I mean, that that's the other thing. What it's called, twins of evil. One of the twins isn't actually evil, are they? Frida's evil, but her sister is. Her yeah. sister is actually the opposite. She's, she's good and she's wholesome and she believes in God. Uh, the real twins of evil, if you look at it from that way, are Gustav and the Count, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, the, yeah, they're the yeah. two ones that are evil. And, and so the hero, the hero is the teacher, Anton. That's right. He's the However, choir he's the choir master at the school. Yes. However, he teaches solely group of young women and also admits that he fancies the twins yeah. <laughs> like, so i don't admits, think he's entirely he's not entirely yeah. blameless in all of this no, himself no. the problem with that is that that uh, frida only has eyes for the count doesn't she she doesn't mm-hmm. have eyes for, for anton but her sister does her sister maria she she uh, is quite into the the choir master probably because yeah. of his crazy Piano playing? It's not a piano. What was it? Harpsichord. Harpsichord. Yeah. That's it. I quite like his song. Do you? It's good. I can't remember it now, but I remember thinking it was good when he's playing it. It was quite haunting. Do you think it could be a hit? Eighteen-fifties <laughs> Austrian hit parade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be. You never know. But uh, yeah, so, so Frida, Frida sneaks out. Frida sneaks out and goes to see the count. Yeah. Um, she ends up being turned into a vampire herself. And also, when, when um, the Count actually does uh, turn Frida into a vampire, that's that's <laughs> kind of when the rules are set out, isn't it? He, he explains the rules, which are slightly different to Dracula mm-hmm. and, and other vampire sort of films <laughs> that I've watched. Um, they, refl- they have no reflection. That's, that's the first yeah. thing. He also reveals that uh, the only way that a vampire can be killed is with decapitation or a stake to the heart. Yeah. Uh, but they can walk during the day, can't they? That they can day walk. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. if um, anybody anybody who holds the Holy Cross is protected. I think it's Anton says like, well, you shouldn't just burn them. You should give them a trial beforehand. So he invents uh-huh. witch trials. Rather than just burning them at the stake for suspecting them of being uh, witches. Um, however, the trials are like, do you think she's a witch? Yep, yeah, okay, we'll burn her then. Which is <laughs> all pretty much the same as what happened before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, he's he's the only scholar of of those type of things, isn't he? So he knows that he he knows the rules. Um, the yeah, rules that have been set the, up by Karstein himself. He knows that yeah. he can't kill a vampire by burning them. So everything <laughs> that Peter Cushion's character has been doing has been for nothing. Um, yeah, I did think that at the beginning because I knew it was a vampire film. Yeah. And I've seen they're, they're burning them. And I'm like, well, hang on, why the burden? It's witches you're meant to burn, not vampires. Uh-huh. And then Anton explains this halfway through. He says to Peter Cushion, because Peter Cushion is accusing him of being like interested in devilment and stuff like that. And he says, well, he's got a book that's uh, all kind of paranormal. And superstitions, it is that's what it says in the film. And yeah. he's like, Yeah, well, you should give a read of it because you burn all these women, 
just makes more vampires because their souls will just go into someone else and that that kind of explains yeah. that bit of it and puts the doubt yeah. in Peter Cushing's head. He, he gets a, a little bit less uh, forceful with his views by this point. Hammer Horror is well known for its like kind of busty ladies and blood curdling screams and all of that. And that goes on in this as well. But there's, I thought there was quite little of it. Like these two, the twins are obviously there for titillation and, uh-huh. and for their looks, but it's quite tame. And then all oh, of a sudden, is. all of a sudden it gets quite graphic towards the end. Well, you've, you've got, I suppose, you know, that's what people were expecting at that particular time, wasn't it? They're expecting it. A little bit of blood and gore. That's why they went to the cinema to watch these type of films. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, so, I, I don't think it's gratuitous or anything like that, is it? It's, uh, it's no, it, it was just a, it. It was a bit shocking because it was clearly not. It was tame until about the hour mark, and then Anton finally gets these five minutes with Frida, and she tries to vampire him up, but he uh, he uh-huh. he thrusts a, a cross in her hand. And she's topless at this point, but there's been not no like hint of any of that stuff up until then. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So that's a bit like kind of shocking, but it comes and goes very quickly. And yeah. there's been no real blood and go until that point. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets a big knife in the he- in the middle of his head. Yeah, <laughs> blood that, that, is... that comes out of nowhere. It does. It does. <laughs> that that does come out of nowhere. I mean, just to, just to go back the the story. I mean, obviously. Frida has been turned into a vampire and she sort of escapes during the night. Um, her sister's covering for her, basically. Um, but then Frida makes quite, a, you know, a bad mistake. She, she actually she tries to eat one of the Brotherhood, doesn't she? Just outside where the Brotherhood are, are meeting yeah. and having a congregation. Yeah. So obviously the Brotherhood hear the screams of the of the man who, who she's trying to kill and that's how she's found out. So what happens is She's then put into prison. Carstein finds out mm-hmm. that she's been put into prison. So then what he does is do the he does the old switcheroo, doesn't he? He swaps the twins. Um swaps them over. Um mm-hmm. so he can he can release Frida, just run havoc and pretend that she's her sister, basically. Um mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. then saved Maria's then saved by our hero who's who's Anton. Um he he sort of says to Peter Cushing's character while she's being burned at the stake look she's, she's not frightened of the cross she's, she's innocent um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of when Peter Cushing's character seems to sort of look at the, the things that he's doing and the way mm-hmm. that he's been behaving and, and looking at it in a, a different way that's when he starts listening to Anton Carstein's um, quite uh, he just gets more and more confident as the film goes on doesn't he yeah. And uh, Cushion goes to goes to attack him and uh-huh. try and save the girl. But Cushion's attempt at getting Carstein, Carstein basically says, free hit, come on, chop my head off. Uh-huh. You've only got one shot. And yeah. it's, it's a terrible attempt at cutting his head off. He goes, just, he gets nowhere near. It's like really slow no. swing of an axe. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. I, I think uh, I think Peter Cushion's quite virulent in the in the role. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. I, think I thought best. he was excellent up until that point. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a bad attempt to kill him. Yeah. You think that let him down? I mean, it let everybody down. 
<laughs> so, so what happens is Carstein realizes because of Joachim, who's the only character in the film I don't actually like because they mm-hmm. make themselves stupid, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. It's sort of stereotypical, sort of James Bond type, um, sort of muscle. Yeah, he's in James Bond, isn't he? Is he? I didn't know. Yeah, that. he's he's in. Uh, I mean, he basically plays one of those characters in one of the Bonds, but because I've yeah. never seen any James Bonds, so I don't know uh, which one. Yeah, so he's a sort of stereotypical sort of guy. He's the only person in the film I'm not particularly fond of, but it's not his fault. It's the writer's fault. Um, yeah. But basically, what they do is go back to the castle. Um, the count realizes that they do actually know how to kill him because he just assumes mm-hmm. that they're going to burn him because mm-hmm. of Carl Tights of um, mm-hmm. uh, Gustav's past and what he he's done previously, and, yeah. and he sends out Frida, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I'll look after the door. You just go out by yourself. I'll, I'll make sure that you're all right. And Gustav <laughs> chops off her head, which is a fantastic decapitation, I think. Yeah, Very it is, fast, it is, isn't it? Really good. It, it is. It is, it like is quite he, good he shows no hesitation there. Like You should have uh-huh. acted like that when he had the count at his, uh, at his mercy. Well, that's it. Exactly, yes. But he was frightened to do that. Um, so um, Maria, the sister, has got some kind of connection, although Frida doesn't seem to have the same connection with her sister um, and, and she sort of touches her neck and she knows that something's wrong so she goes back and, and tries to find her sister who's obviously now dead um, and, and then she's taken um, hostage by by the count isn't she yeah like I said I thought the end was good um, the count he's basically beckoning them on to come on do do your worst, like you say. He doesn't think that they know actually how to kill him, and they uh-huh. do. Well, Gustav does anyway. So Gustav ends up getting up there, and uh, uh, and taking a swing out of a missing, and yeah. the count the count kills him. It's a great shot. He, he throws the axe and hits him in the back and cushions. Kind of, it's a it's a, one of those slow deaths where he's fallen and he throws him yeah. over the balcony into the into his witchfinders below. And it's it's uh-huh. great. Um, I love that piece, and then the count, like I say, in all confidence, he's he's golden them over the balcony, and Anton, for out of nowhere, for a harpsichord player, uh-huh. throws a spear right through his heart. He does, him. but the, and then the, there is there is a part earlier in the film where he's out boar hunting. I don't know if yeah, you remember yeah, that. They do men- yes, they mention yeah. the boar. So he's, he's like, obviously oh, all you ever do in this town is hunt. Yeah, he's skilled with the spear, so that's the reason why he's able to do that. And, and Anton, um, having previously only had eyes for the the sister Frida, suddenly changes his mind, doesn't he? Because she's dead. Yeah, because she's <laughs> the only one left. <laughs> yeah, so, the twins, aren't they? I think I'll go for the other one instead. And, and well, like, on, maybe I should have gone for the nice one and <laughs> not the evil one. <laughs> yeah, he learns his lesson, doesn't he? He learns his lesson. So yeah, that, that's that's bit that's the end of. There's a good bit at the end, nice uh, special effects, practical effects, where the, the vampire dies and he, he sort of ages, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, um, he, he, he with us. basically he generates and with us away. That's, uh, yeah, that's good. I presume the story is don't mistreat women <laughs> because it's not yeah. right. <laughs> the moral is that the, the witch trials were wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that, Brett. No um, problem, thank don't... you very much. 
Yeah, cheers. Don't forget, you can follow us at, on Twitter at FCircusPod. You can follow our Instagram page, which isn't very exciting. And we also have a website that's the same name as the podcast that has absolutely nothing on, but we should be having some lit soon. Links and things like that. Um, and until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>